back, ill-practiced and under-prepared. Ill. Just ill. ill. Still ill. How you been, Tom? Still ill. <laughs> um, I have a question for you. I haven't seen you for a very long time. Yeah. This is like the longest we've been without seeing each other for, let's say, wonderful. ever. <laughs> um, so... Oh, you're right there. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Uh, here's a question for you. Which community uh, are we inherently entrenched in uh, other okay. than the the metal community uh, that we also belittle and take every opportunity to make fun of? What? Um, You've caught me off guard. With yeah, this I know. One. I thought you might... I thought you might have got it for some no. reason. Um, so it's an online-based group. Not metal. Not related. metal. The Leighton Stone Yes. Group? Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. So we've never spoken about this, have we? I think we've touched on it very, very briefly, but have we? we haven't gone into it to the extent that we okay. are part of this homogenous, wonderful... <laughs> Shit throwing, white centric. Yeah, it's it's like an amalgam of social justice warriors and Nazis. Yeah, just in the same place. <laughs> just basically every Facebook group that's ever been created. Which is like that order of the black arts. Yeah, it's just did you see that post the other day where someone was like, "We should do it like a band, like everyone involved in this group should do a band together." And I was like, "So there's gonna be." Oh There's going to be anti-fascists and yeah. also genuine fascists. Because I don't know whether you've been on some of those people's profiles, but they are fucking mental. Uh, I haven't uh, checked out uh, their profiles. Some of the guys that actually uh, are administrators for it, I think I've looked at their profiles and they're basically just talking about music. They try to avoid yeah. any sort of political um, discourse whatsoever, they which is like lazy. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that it's would be a that would be a politics. that'd be a terrible band. Mm. That'd be a really terrible band. And oh, oh what, what we're going to cover? Because obviously we need to write the music first. But what we're going to cover? Uh, Enter Sandman. <laughs> um, so the yeah, polyphonic spree. Yeah, yeah. God, <laughs> they've already tried that. Actually, the like big metal group uh, with Metallica. Okay. Did Why? you see that? No. Um, <laughs> I think they did. It's another Lulu. No, no, it was um, it was sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice. I don't know what it did. Anyway, anyway, let's get back to um, the point at hand here, the issue at hand, which is uh, the Facebook groups plural that we follow, mm. uh, which are uh, based in our area uh, where we live. Um, they're abhorrent. Yeah. Uh, Groups. Terrible people. They're my canary down the mine shaft. When I look yeah. at myself in the mirror in the morning and I go like, I'm a pretty fucking terrible yeah. person. Yeah. I just have to look on that community page and go, actually, I'm, I'm not that bad. I'm exactly. doing all right. It's it's a vigilante neighborhood's watch, isn't it? Like, and <laughs> got some their people, red berets. And yeah. <laughs> well, some people have actively gone out of their way to try and point the fingers at innocent people of the community saying yeah. it's this guy he's done it he drove his car right into the front of my yard oh fuck it i don't know whether you've seen it but i lost my shit i actually put rem like 
notification alerts on it. Is <laughs> this guy turning out of McDonald's the wrong way? And he wrote oh, like yeah. a letter to the council and it was one of the funniest fucking things I've ever oh, seen. These people. Like the amount of the the amount of effort that comes from that like mass hysteria of having to rip on someone online. Yeah. It just reminds me of um did you did you ever hear about that thing that Charles LaBeouf did after uh, Trump got elected? It's the Which best. Which one? Because he's done so much. It's the best thing I've ever heard of on. on the internet. I can't remember whether it was like 4chan or if it was Reddit or or something like that. But it was some you know message board forums, and it just kind of plays to like you know when you go on one of those message boards and you think that everyone there must be like a mouth breather living in their mum's yeah. like house. The the amount of skill set it was like Ocean's Eleven where they all have all have their particular skill set. <laughs> so essentially, he he was um, he did a protest and he was just repeating the words into this camera. He will not divide us or something to that effect. Uh, and he had like a flag with that on there. And people used to just come down and start like interfering. So he was like, right, I've got to take this somewhere else. Uh, so he ended up he ended up going to like Kansas or something and then doing a live stream, uh, which was just a video like upwards, like facing upwards at this flag with the he will not divide us on mm, it. Mm. And people were like, fuck this guy because he's because Shia LaBeouf thinks he's an artist. So you've just got to you've I mean, just got to lay into him. Uh, and. They went to the extent that they managed to locate this flag because they were tracing the constellations what? at night, then cross-referencing that with uh, with flight patterns oh my going across the skies. So they managed to like lock it down to this one location, <laughs> and there was audio on this audio on this um, live stream. So they got someone, they got like a whole bunch of people to drive around and like beep their horns until they were like, you're getting hotter, you're getting hotter, keep going, keep going. And then they managed to find it and they just took the flag down and replaced it with uh, Make America Great Again. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) That is one of the best stories I've ever heard. Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't get the fucker right in the pussy guy too. (laughs) Um, So yeah, this, this group at the moment, one of my favourite um, threads was ages ago. <clears throat> uh, do you remember the picture of the cat? No. Uh, so there Which was a, one? There was a, yeah, because half of them are cat photos anyway. But um, there was a picture of a cat that was outside, and it was quite a young cat. It wasn't a kitten, but it was notably <laughs> young, <laughs> as I could tell. Yeah, okay. I could tell it was notably young. Barely legal. <laughs> Barely legal. <laughs> Anyway, um, someone posted a picture up on um, the, the the community thread and was like, hi, everyone. Uh, there's a cat that's meowing outside of my uh, window. I'm taking a photo of the cat. Has anyone lost it? It looks quite young. Uh, just posting it up on here in case anyone is uh, searching for their pet. The tirade <laughs> of abuse that this person got why underneath. everyone was like 
Why didn't you let the cat in? Why did the poor cat is freezing outside? And she messaged back saying like, well, it's because it's not my cat. And I didn't want to just like bring it into my home. Because you're not really supposed to do that yeah. with any cat that isn't yours. Yeah. And everyone was like, how dare you? You're such an evil human being. You left this cat outside Actively looking for its genuine family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that was one of my favourite, but there's uh, there's one that's happened in the past 24 hours, which is fucking brilliant. Someone's posted up a picture of um, uh, sort of like a cement uh, border with mm. uh, soil in the middle of it, just a square. Uh, there's a couple of them. And they posted up pictures of these um, little destination areas saying... Can you believe this? This is the last straw. Where are the trees that we're supposed to be planting inside of this? The council should be disgraced that they've left these borders without trees. And people messaging underneath either like completely agreeing or saying, what are you talking about? So my friend (laughs) who lives in the area messaged and said, Something like, come on, guys, like, I'm sure there's bigger worries um, that we could address uh, within this community other than uh, an area that doesn't have trees planted yet, which is basically like him taking his finger, putting it into a fucking hornet's nest with a little (laughs) note on his little finger saying hornets suck (laughs) and then just wait and see what happens. So he got he got outrageously berated for that. The first thing that someone said was, they're dangerous. <laughs> they're it's fucking like, legion on them. They're on that. dangerous. <laughs> they're dangerous. And I, so I didn't, I didn't want to get involved. Yeah. But I did message my friend and I said, don't you think that they would be equally as dangerous, even with trees in them? <laughs> yeah. And, and he was like, okay. And then we started doing the whole that, like, hashing out. The, okay, the yeah. stand-up for exactly how he was going to respond and stuff like that. But if we well, workshopping it, yeah. Right. Also, the the whole currency system mm. on these groups are a joke. Yeah. You could literally move into someone's house if you wanted, but you have to buy them a bottle of wine. <laughs> oh yeah, go down to Yard Arm. Just yeah. uh, <laughs> grab us a nice Merlot. Anyway. Oh. Anyway, anyway, welcome back, everyone, to the X and Ferris podcast, a podcast all about heavy metal. My name is Matthew, and with me is my co-host, Mr. Tom Watson. Hey. It's been so long. Internet lurker, Tom Watson. It's been so long, hasn't it, since we've... um, Yeah, well... You've been in Motherland. I have been. I have been in Austria, being getting... Look at that. Absolutely getting... There's a lot of echo there. Getting absolutely fucked by oh. Uh, mosquitoes. Oh, shit. Yeah, really horrendously. And um, it was all going well, because I, I do enjoy visiting Austria and trying their um, local cuisine. Uh, however, what I, what you, I don't appreciate is waking up at three o'clock in the morning to get the plane back and then being stuck on the Piccadilly line back from Heathrow, sat opposite a guy who's obviously trying to find himself Found himself in London, and you know he's one of those people who's read one of those, like, eat, pray, love, self-help books, where one of the things is, speak to everyone you meet and try to make them smile. The only problem is, is that I was the one who was sat opposite him. Right. And he would not shut the fuck up. And I am... I am quite courteous, and I will genuinely 
talk to people. Courteous but, or afraid of people? I just, I can't, like, but <laughs> I just won't respond. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I've been running on absolute fumes the entire morning and I just couldn't put up with someone asking 50 questions about my tattoos. Oh my God. And I was like, I, I don't even know what they're about. Like, yeah. I got I got held down. <laughs> <laughs> so but what did you say? Did you say, look, mate? It got to the point where I almost stopped. Oh, did you kind of ghost him? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But I mean, it was nice. It was nice to get away, even though it was brief and I did have to go to a wedding where I understood absolutely nothing. And they had... <laughs> they refused to speak to you in English. Yeah. And I had very little food to eat there as well because they claimed that it was going to be appropriate for my diet and twas not. Really? Yeah. Um, it's all right. But that bread is... The bread is very fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I got to, uh, I got to visit some of my um, favourite places, including, a, uh, including the Vienna Cat Cafe, which okay. I always make a point of going to whenever I'm there. Mm. Have you ever been to a cat cafe? Cat, uh, cat cafe. Apart no. from my house. No, and I don't. <laughs> it's close enough. <laughs> I don't think I um, ever will. No, I'm sure that the the animals are not only looked after, but they are these ones treated were fucking like miserable. Egyptian gods. <laughs> no, these they were treated like gods, but it just wasn't like the 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 architecture of the building is not appropriate for the cats. However, because I've been to a few cat cafes in my time. And um, there are quite a lot you, of... Is that going to be on your fucking epitaph when yeah, you die? Yeah, there are quite a lot of rules surrounding cat cafes. There's a lot of etiquette. Yeah. One, one because you're not allowed to go up to them and annoy them. And you're not allowed to touch them unless they, like... Want to be touched. So it's like, it's, it's like it's a very... strip club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate the gimmick. I'm sorry, yeah. I can't buy into it. No. At all. No. Well, on that note, speaking of sex workers, should we get into some news? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So uh, we're, uh, we've already spoken about this and we're probably going to cover it once we get a hold of it. Um, but I don't know how many months that's going to be because they might actually end up just putting it in a landfill. Uh, but Glenn Danzig. Oh, yeah, yeah. Singer of the band Danzig. Uh, Sam, how do you say is it Sam Hain? Sam Hain, Sa- yeah. Yeah, Sam Hain and also the uh, Misfits occasionally. Uh, Danzig's first feature film as a writer and director, Verotica, debuted at the opening night of Chicago's Cinepocalypse Film Festival, where it played to a packed house. Uh, it's based on uh, the comics of the same name uh, that he Produces and it's a portmanteau of violence and erotic. Uh, <laughs> however, it didn't quite go to plan because within the first 10 minutes, there were people howling with laughter in the audience to the point that some people have described it as the horror genre's The Room, which is quite a big statement considering yeah. how many horror films can fit into yeah. that. And he's lucky Definition. as well. If if it does end up being the horrors, the room, mm. he's he's set for life. Yeah, he could just spend he's... the rest of his days at Prince Charles Cinema. But but he he is an individual. When we talk about uh, artists, kind of being um, self referential, kind of knowing, understanding 
what they do and that what they do is kind of silly. Like whenever you see someone, people dressed up in, when you see people dressed up in all leather, talking yeah. about the devil and whatnot, he is a man who absolutely At- has no self-awareness of what he does to the point, have you seen him in Portlandia? No, I've, I've only watched like a couple of episodes of Portlandia and I've never, I don't, I don't think I've ever. I would he have shows known. up, yeah, he shows up in a cameo and I still don't think he gets the joke. Like, it's him, like, sunbathing on a beach, pasty as a motherfucker, but I still don't think he gets the joke. Um, so this film is a retelling of his comics, and it is basically nothing but blood, guts, and, and sex. sex. Filthy, filthy sex for about an hour and a half. Apparently within the first 60 seconds... A narrator pokes a woman's eye out with her finger, in which someone, in which a film critic said that this might actually be quite a good allegory for the rest of the film. Um, that apparently, there's one point in the film where a woman looks into the mirror for minutes on end whilst the camera just zooms in and then zooms out and then oh. zooms in. <laughs> he's and he's then just found out. that button. Yeah. And, uh, but. Danzig was there to give a Q&A afterwards, to which he said, you guys laughed in some places I wouldn't have, but that's cool. Really? Yeah. But that means that they laughed at all. Like, I don't think he was planning on any laughter yeah. throughout this whole entire thing. Uh, he says... <laughs> some of you were also crying that <laughs> but that is also very cool. Yeah. He said... Uh, the basis of this film is a throwback to some of my favourite movies like uh, Mario Bava's Black Sabbath or Karen Black's Trilogy of Terror. Uh, he said there's a lot of nonsensical... This I don't get this quote, so this might be slightly contracted and, yeah, <coughs> right. kind of cut up. Uh, he said there's a lot of nonsensical people talking nonsense for 10 minutes on end and nothing happens. There are, uh, there's no superhero, no superheroes, which you'll like. Uh, it's all just Fuck crazy. How do I? It's all just crazy, like reality-based fantasy monsters, demons, serial killers. You name it. He's lost so, it. Reality-based fantasy yeah. monsters. Uh, I'm not interested in doing the next Academy Award piece of shit. I think that's probably quite evident. So once we get our hands on this, I think that this is lined up to be the next film review that we do. Have we done a film review yet? We've done Lords of Chaos. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that this is going to be the next one. Uh, There's been a few films, because we want to try and do current ones, but I think we can probably dip into some really... For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I think this has to be the next one. Maybe we could even do like a commentary track for it. Uh, is it going straight to VHS? It's going straight in the fucking bin, I think, <laughs> to be honest. that You know how you said that sounded like broken English, which yeah. it very much was. Yeah, it's, that's just dancing. That's just dancing, <laughs> like trying to explain what this fucking... He probably, in his head, is... <laughs> you know when you see those like hallucinatory scenes where mm. like he'll probably see five of him and he's staring out into the distance and everything starts waving and all he's saying is sex, violence... <laughs> Erotica. It's not finished. <laughs> it's finished. But he's obviously a very talented guy because he does... I'm pretty sure he write, wrote the majority of the Misfits back catalogue whilst he was in it. And also he... I wonder what Doyle would say about that. No, Doyle is in agreement. He um, 
I've I've watched a few interviews with him, and he's I like Doyle a lot. Actually, yeah. he seems to be one of those guys he's who's just like funny. I'm not a very good guitarist, and there's no point in me learning how to sweep pick because when am I ever going to fucking do that? So it's <laughs> yeah. all just downstrokes. Uh, but yeah, so he's obviously a very talented guy, and he he's you know he's done comics. He's written music, and he hasn't just written music for himself. He was actually employed to write a few tracks for Johnny Cash at one point. So his his expertise... Came there with her. Yeah, his expertise... <laughs> yeah, I got this one from my merch train. Um, That's a great song. Did you write that, Danzig? That's my Johnny vicariously. Cash uh, Yes, I did. But he... Yeah, he... This, this is probably not... And I... I think there is something special about filmmaking in terms of when something's shit, it's gloriously shit. Because if you read a novel, you kind of get halfway through it and then you just go, fuck this, and kind of put it down. If it's a bad novel or if you listen to a bad album. However, the amount of people that have to be... And this is why I think I enjoy bad films so much. First of all, they have to be sincere. They can't be... They can't be actively trying to be a bad film, otherwise it's not funny. Yeah. There has to be a level it's of too sincerity. Self-aware. Yeah, has to be a level of sincere sincerity behind it. The next thing that I think is there's so many people involved with that production, there must be at least one person going, This, this is, is fucking awful. This is really bad. And I just whenever I see one of those films, I just imagine that poor like it must be like a grip or something, just being like, This is not good Either whatsoever that. but we're too far down that rabbit hole that we can't back out now was it was it a kickstarter did he get a lot of the funding through kickstarter i don't know how it came about i know it was very secret and i think i know why now i can yeah i can imagine that a lot of people uh fans like devout fans of danzig would have done anything yeah just to be involved yeah so Regardless of whether they're professionals or not. They hit that top tier. So like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Kickstarter, yeah. <laughs> you can even be a part of my crew. <laughs> um, moving on from there, uh, have you heard recently... This sort of thing happens a lot where you get reports that come out uh, describing metal as mm. a form of... Um, I don't know, like a helping hand for your work rate or for your well-being or something like that like yeah. there's like a, there's a lot of those stats kind of, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a new one that's just come out saying um black metal and bands like high on fire um improve uh work rate and productivity according to coders um okay just that discipline? Or? <laughs> uh, so basically, according to a survey uh, of about 90,000 software developers, uh, I think it was uh, the survey itself was orchestrated by Stack Overflow. Um, 3.2% are listening to some form of metal, which doesn't actually sound like a lot, but then again, 90,000 software developers. Mm. I mean, that's quite a lot. Um, a data visualization chart shows that uh, some of the more uh, popular genres are black metal and death metal, and Metallica literally have their own. They bubble. have their own. Yeah. They have their own bubble entirely. Um, so to stay focused, coders uh, reported listening to uh, more kinds of. This is a quote: more kinds of metal than some of us knew existed. Like, okay. yeah. What? 
like every genre, there isn't yeah. just going to be like metal and yeah. then you go straight to uh, hip hop. Yeah. Like it's an umbrella term. Yeah. So I don't know who <laughs> who let the ball drop there. <laughs> um, so the survey uh, revealed uh, that uh, there's basically more metal than some of us knew existed, uh, which led writer uh, Sarah Goff Dupont uh, to wonder exactly which kinds of metal uh, work best when making apps. Um, so with the help of a data scientist, uh, I think it's Julia Silger uh, and Pandora developer, uh, Rob Whitlock, uh, she theorized that certain extreme metal attributes lend themselves uh, to the work. Uh, in the survey, 3.2% of software developers uh, of an estimated 26 million worldwide um, listen to some type of metal as their main music choice when coding. And I think what they were saying was that with either black or death metal, it's such a wash of sound mm. that they can't concentrate on it. So they have to concentrate on their work. I have that as well. Like yeah. I certain styles of music to the yeah. point in which you kind of it's just present. It's not yeah. infiltrating on what you're trying to concentrate on. I can understand that, yeah. And especially with um the death metal vocals and they keep mm. they, they refer to it as like the industry call it vocals. Um <laughs> Vox. Yeah, exactly. Fucking stupid. Um so it just it just aids in them concentrating. Uh, so and there was a quote just saying that that's what appeals to me about death metal when I'm coding, believe it or not. When I hear clean singing, my brain starts tracking uh, what they're saying and it's distracting. But with the vocals, uh, it's just a sound. You don't think about what they're saying, so it just fades into the background. I 100% believe and agree with mm. that. Like I just think death metal. It is, especially black metal, actually, uh, and drone to a certain extent. It's just a form of ambience. Yeah, death metal's too rhythmic. I don't know. In, I think in, it, I think it does depend on what you're listening to. Yeah, but it's definitely drone. I could I could fall asleep to it. I could actually fall asleep to black metal. I used to fall asleep to Napalm Death. Really? Yeah. Yeah. W waking up screaming. <laughs> yeah. With a Birmingham accent. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, moving on there. F finally, just before we get into the main topic, um, did you hear about uh, Rob Halford getting into some sort of uh, online spat uh, recently? No. He did an interview um, and he basically said, you can't be in Judas Priest if you're straight. Okay. <laughs> Which makes total sense. What's his definition of... Well, but, okay. So... The reason why I'm bringing it up now is because um, Tim Ripper Owens um, has also uh, dismissed Rob's claim that a straight man can't front Judas Peace. Judas Peace front Jesus Peace. Did he say you can't be straight to front? Yeah, you can't be straight. No, to you be can involved. be in Judas Priest. Yeah, if you're straight. But yeah, I, he's saying that a gay man has to front Judas Priest. Yeah. Which makes total sense because Rob Halford is gay. Yeah. Um, and Tim Ripper Owens has basically uh, dismissed this claim. It's just like a fun comment uh, that didn't mean anything um, because Rob Halford got a lot of backlash from saying that. 
And I have no idea why. And the fact that Tim Ripper Owens, to a certain degree, had to come to his defense mm. over it. Yeah. It's just, it kind of highlights how insecure the metal community is for the for the most part. Yeah. It can be the most forward-thinking, progressive community going. But there's also that dark traditionalist conservative 30% that just mm. cannot get over can't fathom like like the idea of not being included like that that thing whenever well when there's uh, going to be a, a straight pride month yeah it's like just yeah, yeah. shut the fuck up this yeah. is not for you just be quiet yeah so like the actual quote from um Halford was like a straight man can't do my job that's the way I view it, Freddie Mercury said it wasn't important, but if Freddie hadn't have been gay, uh, Queen would have been a totally different band, which is, yeah. again, like It quite wouldn't a valid be point. Judas Priest. No. Because a lot of it is, com- is comprised of the individuals involved and the content that they're creating in terms yeah. of lyrical content. And that probably does boil down in part to his sexuality. So Yeah. yeah. And the fact that Again, just to finish off here, the fact that Tim Ripper Owens is the guy who's been in Judas Priest since about, what, like 1996 or something like that. Um, he's appeared on a number of their albums. I think he's been uh, getting involved with that fucking Dio hologram thing recently as well. Yeah, okay. um, but the fact that he was like, oh, I, like Rob Halford is one of the, he, he embodies Judas Priest. Mm. So the fact that people are getting at him for his sexual orientation and for his comments about how a straight man couldn't front his band mm. is just outrageous. Yeah. So, yeah. What can you That's fucking a, do? I think we should probably end up doing an uh, episode on on Rob at some point. Rob and the boys. The boys. Yeah. The boys. Yeah. The yeah. boys. Me and Rob and the boys, the boys. going out <laughs> playing some firepower. <laughs> Uh, Varg. Oh, shit. Yeah. Tell me about this. Cause... Everyone's, um, Varg Vickness, Burzum founder and murderer, has been a uh, prolific content creator posting videos. And murderer. Via his, yeah, and murderer. Let's just go back to that. Via his Thulean Perspective YouTube channel for a number of years. However, that came to, the, uh, came to an end on the 5th of June after YouTube announced that it would be deleting thousands of videos and channels that express sympathies towards neo-Nazism, white supremacy, and other similar ideologies, including Holocaust and Sandy Hook denials. Uh, the website has come under fire for letting its recommendation engines actively pushing that content towards users. Uh, so, in a post that uh, YouTube blog posted on the 5th, uh, YouTube stated, Today we're taking another step in our hate speech policy by specifically prohibit- uh, prohibiting videos alleging that a group is superior in order to justify discrimination, <laughs> segregation or exclusion based on qualities like age, gender, religion, sexual orientation. Uh, this would include, for example, video that promote or glorify Nazi ideology, which is inherently discriminatory. Finally, uh, we will remove content denying that well-documented violent events like the Holocaust uh, or the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary took place. 
uh, a YouTube spokesman has said, videos that claim Jews secretly control the world, that say women are intellectually inferior to men uh, and therefore should be denied certain rights or that suggest that the white race is superior to another race <laughs> will be will be terminated. So uh, Varg's probably like, oh, I'm fine then. Yeah. <laughs> but he, Onwards and upwards. Yeah, so, I mean, he's... Have you have, have you been, before it was deleted, have you been on his page? Of course, yeah. Because um, he... Not out of choice, just almost like... Uh, I think I've expressed it in the past. Um, I like to fuel my hatred yeah. by consuming more of it. He He's a bit of an anomaly, though, because he is evidently a very... I don't know, because there's a difference between knowledge and there's a difference between intelligence. He's, or arrogance. Yeah, well. he he seems like a very switched-on person, but just has this underlying hatred that completely masks any facts that he yeah. comes into contact with. He'd either be the best person on your team when playing Trivial Pursuit, <laughs> or literally the worst, because he would answer it how he thought in yeah. his head the yeah. answer should go. So he, so if you watch any of these videos, he essentially gets all these facts and seems to be on the right track until it takes like a hard right turn and a right turn is the correct yeah, way. Of, yeah. Um, so, I mean, one of his videos functioned as a how-to guide on how to attract a good wife. However, using eugenics as the backup for his argument. Uh, other subjects include the supposed migrant crisis, as well as numerous rants about his portrayal in the film Lords of Chaos and the actor that played him. So this this comes kind of hot on the heels of people like Alex Jones being removed from YouTube as well. Thank God. And that Patrick Joseph Watson asshole. Yeah. However, there's still videos of people like, I mean, I don't know whether they go quite as extreme, people like Jordan Peterson. I've never even watched one of his things, but I'm just uh, completely allergic to that kind yeah. of individual. Um, do you view this? Not, well, I mean, it is, it's censorship to a certain extent, but do you view this as a denial of freedom of speech. Uh, I think it's, for one, I think what YouTube are addressing is very positive and it's a start. Yeah. Um, YouTube used to be a dumping ground. <laughs> it uh, still fucking is to an extent. Yes and no, because they demonetize uh, you for even being slightly skewed with your politics or your sort of either way or in one. I think... Predominantly, uh, either way. Mm. Um, so you've got these uh, new media institutions like Navara Media, which is which is just um, part of the left. Yeah. And I think for the most part, for the, since YouTube's inception, it's actually been controlled by the right and mm. by uh, the language of uh, online, the internet. The right have owned that, mm. and that's one of the fundamental reasons as to why they've um, they've grown and populism has come out of just this wealth of information and, and the fact that they have controlled the discourse over that for so many years. And now we're getting to a point where I don't know, maybe maybe what comes out, what usually comes out of populism is a center ground, which there isn't mm. any of <laughs> at all at the moment. No. Um, 
and the right um, have lost its power, its traction mm. uh, within the past five or six years. I'm, I'm talking online more than anything else, which I think is a good thing. Do I think it is a censorship? Um, unfortunately, if you look at it laterally, yes, it is yeah. a form of censorship. It's the, the form of censorship that I want. Yeah. However, it's, I don't want there to be this echo chamber yeah. either. But this is, and, and people will get, people will start crying foul and saying like, it's big government getting involved. But it's worth pointing out quite clearly that YouTube is not state sanctioned. It is a private company yeah. that has policies and whatever they don't want on their channels, because it belongs to them, they have no obligation to do that. Much in the same way that if I don't want you in my house, Tom, I'm going to ask you to leave. So if you could please turn around right now Happily. and get Happily. the fuck out. Happily. But yeah, but there you go. But however, it is, it is worth pointing out that he did go on to make a second channel called of uh, Will of Wodenair, um, which has now been deleted. Has well. it? Well, so he's not going to stop, is he? No. He's belligerent. Yeah. Like, Euronymous would be the first person to say that. Um <laughs> And that's another thing is that he's he, just creating channels in self-defense. Exactly, yeah, but <laughs> that's a, but this is another thing. The other thing um, is every other video that he had to post between him talking about how to uh, get the perfect wife mm. and talking about eugenics, it had to be based on that story of killing Euronymous. Yeah, because that's where he got all of his views. Mm. So. Is it is it a shame that the Thulean perspective or whatever he's going to call it in the future doesn't exist anymore? Fuck no. We know yeah. the story. It's out there. Um, I can't be asked to listen to that man just rant anymore like I am now. Like I've, I've got enough of it from you and me yeah. to have some sort of stupid <laughs> man. Yeah. I know, I know that we were planning on getting some guests in at some point. Maybe we should, because I know that the videos are still available on another website. He kind of has like a backup. I'd love to get someone like a cultural anthropologist in to kind of go through the videos with us and point out all the inconsistencies and misinformation that's in there. Amazing. But is that. that is that for us to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. We've got to get, well, we've probably got to get some bands on at some yeah. point, so we should probably focus True. on that before yeah. we... Rest assured that that will happen. We yeah. just have to pull all of our fingers out of all of our asses <laughs> before that happens. Collective asses. Shall we move on to the main topic? We shall move on to the main topic, which, do you want to, uh, do you want to lead on this one for a little bit? <laughs> yeah. How the fuck we are so, yeah, we've had... X amount of weeks to do this, and you would think that this would make our research and um, preparation for this more robust. But But if anything, it kind of fell apart for me because when we when we because we didn't just want to do a normal biography for a band because we've already done that for Sun and we'll probably end up doing that for other people. So we wanted to have a different swing on it, and this was your idea. To which I went, yeah, that sounds great. Until I realised how many albums this band had, because I made the point of listening to their entire studio album discography yeah, in one go, and that was enough. And, and, that, was, was, and that was two weeks. Yeah. No. Well, so I got I got about ten albums in. No, must have been more, because they got seventeen albums. I think they got eighteen. Seventeen. 
I'm going to check. <laughs> we don't even know this. I'm pretty sure it's 17. But I got about, I think I got like 15 albums in. And then that was when I was like, I'm off to Austria. We can't do it this week. Yeah. So it was only yesterday that I ended up listening to the last three albums. And to be honest, what I was doing at the time, because we're going to get slaughtered for this, because our, my criteria for what to how I was... By the way, we're doing a top 10 of this band's albums. Um, my criteria was listening and then just without going back to them and re <laughs> reappraising it, just going yeah. like, did I, did I want to kill myself as much in that record as I did the last one? And then put it into its rightful space. But... Basically, that being said, I do fucking love this band, but this was this was a task. This was tough. It yeah, was this tough. was a task. So uh, this week we're uh, covering Dark Thrones' oeuvre um, of work, but mm. we're specifically focusing on their studio albums. If we were to include all of the EPs, demos, and compilations that they had as well, we'd we, be dead. Well, I think we would actually be dead. Yeah, um, which is a shame because I must admit that my whole list is completely void. If we did include the compilations, the Frostland tapes would be you. Like, Fucking hipster motherfucker. Again. What? The Frostland heard, Tapes? Oh, it's not the B-sides. No, the Frostland Tapes is an amazing collection of work yeah. that defines Dark Throne mm. to me. Anyway, that's not even there. It's not really <laughs> what we're fucking talking about. Um, so we've both done a top 10, which was actually surprising, not just because of the, the wealth of work that, that we had to cover, yeah. but because... Out of 17 albums, it is 17, I bow to you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, 17 records. Do you think there'd be at about 50% of duds in there? But generally, I found this harder because their work in general is of such a high standard. Mm. I'd say it's probably 65% hit and the rest. Uh, I mean, we can get into it. Yeah, but, and I, I yeah. also think that the top tens in general, like this is the top ten for us individually right now. Yeah, but that music could change. Has, it definitely yeah. change. I'm still looking. I'm looking at this now, thinking I am satisfied with my list. Yeah, but I, I'm wondering how long I'll be satisfied with it. The I, reason I was why we're, that I was going to sit there and go, I need to reevaluate this, but it's gone yeah. to the point where I'm just like, fuck, fuck it, it, let's just yeah, get this out of the way. Because yeah. it doesn't matter anyway. But no. um, just to clarify, uh, I don't know Matt's uh, top 10. No, we haven't and shared Matt this with each other. Mine. So I, we thought, like, instead of putting effort in and doing our research, that we'll just comment on each other's and put each other's list yeah. down, which is fun for all. Do we know how it was that me? Yeah, it was me. Yeah. Do we know how we're going to do this? Do we want to do it? Do we want to go one for one and then discuss? Or do we want to go one for one for one for one for one and then come back to it afterwards? Because we might end up retreading grounds on an album that I put at 10 and you put at 2. So we could do uh, one for one and discuss. Yeah. Let's just, no, let's do it your way. Did you want to do it the other way? One for, for one, one for one. For, yeah, one. yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I'm still going to comment on yours. Yeah, I'm still going to comment on yours. Uh, I, also, as a further disclaimer before we get into it, I think it's common knowledge now. The reason why we're actually covering this uh, this week um, is off the back of the release of uh, Old Star, which is Dark Thrones' uh, latest release. 
Um, and I'll be very intrigued to see as to whether that has either got into your top 10 and if so, where it is currently positioned. Okay. Um, Let's start. Let's get through this. Let's okay. hash it out. So, shall I go first? Yeah, tell me. I'm, also, I'm actually quite excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, number 10, Ravishing Grimness. Okay. Okay. It's quite... It's quite low. Mm. I'm surprised. For, what, for where you would thought it would be. Is it higher for you? Yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it away, but I need to actually bring up their discography chronologically. Yeah. Because there is Yeah, so Ravishing Grimness. Okay, so it's after Total Death. Okay. Yeah. This this kind of pre emps a slump for me in terms of their discography slightly. Okay. Uh, your number 10? Brace yourself. Okay. Soulside Journey. Oh, really? Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Like, the thing is about... Well, as in for sure that it's included in your top 10 or for sure that it's as low down in your top 10? For sure that it's as low down okay. in the context of Dark Throne. Yeah. Uh, it's very competent. Mm. It's very well considered, but it is so repetitive. Yeah. Um, it, it it is pretty tedious, but it's still, if you listen to it today, it still retains a certain like technical skill, mm. which they actually actively ignore following <laughs> this record. What the fuck happened to Fenris after that record? Because the drums on that album yeah. are fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. it just looks like he he hit his head. You want to just... It was Euronymous. What do you mean? Well, Euronymous introduced Fenris yeah. to black metal. But yeah. what I find interesting is everything, even though Soulside Journey is an amalgamation of like Cromlick, some really early demos, and then they were sort of built upon and then uh, the production for it had changed the sonics of it completely. Um, it's still, it's, it's still got, it's it's their death metal record, as which is like mm. probably the most obvious thing to say about it. Um, but thanks to Euronymous, despite the fact that they were sort of touching on black metal in the very late eighties, thanks to Euronymous, everything completely changed after yeah. Soulside Journey. Um, and the synth in Soulside Journey um, is now just like an indispensable tool for black metal. Yeah. And I think they were one of the first acts proper. Interestingly enough, that. as far as I can remember, I I remember there being a genuine absence of synth work in their later releases, which is which is odd for a black metal band, especially a black metal band coming from that who kind of yeah. you know, you have Burzum who ended up doing whole albums based around it. Yeah. But I can't I can't recall huge amounts of synth on any of their other Albums. Um, I think there was for um, Blades in the Northern Sky. Okay. Um, what I found about this record as well was I think there might be too many musicians. There's like a whole band. Well, they, I, I, they were a whole band until um, I think so. Under a Funeral Moon. It was either a Blades in the Northern Sky or Under a Funeral Moon. There were still more than two members of the band. Uh, I think... They leave at different intervals. Mm. The bassist left. Yeah. And then 
was it the other guitarist left as well? But we'll get onto that yeah. uh, slightly later on. I also love the fact that Soulside Journey has Fenris uh, has Fenris's name as Hank Amarillo. What is that? One of those Alan Smithy type things? Or? It was it was supposed to be a dig at Western death metal. Okay, because right, uh, it's a very blue collar name. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, and apparently he was he fucking hated it. Which might have been another reason as to why they... Hate the record. No, he hated, like, a lot of Western death metal that was coming out. Okay. Which is interesting. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's my number 10. Um, and it had the uh, HM2 as well, which we yeah, talked about previously. Yeah, for sure. For sure, check that out. Um, number nine, Arctic Thunder. Wow. Are you fucking serious? Mm-hmm. The, that is one of the most contentious records uh, for me. I'm not going to speak too much about it Yeah. now. No, I dig it. You dig it? You don't dig it enough, in my opinion. No, not. Oh, well, as in you're, it's higher for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. So you picked it because it was contentious. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Especially in comparison to another one of their records. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to talk about it now. My number nine. Mm-hmm. Total Death. Hmm. Okay. Opinion? That's, that's not in my top ten. Wow. Really? Yeah, no. That um I'm just like, let me just bring up their discography. I need to I need to go back to It's their sixth studio there. record. It was released in ninety six. Yeah, it was between Panzerfaust and Ravishing Grimness. It was just an album that kind of washed over me in terms of in musical terms of, content. Yeah, in terms of I don't want to say, actually, no, I do want to say memorability because there has to be, for me, for a record, there has to be memorable parts. I mean, yeah. even in even in drone releases where there's, oh, can you remember that one chord that they played for, for 15 minutes? It's like, yeah, I can. And that's why I go back to that record. But yeah. for this, it's just, there's a number of albums on here where I kind of zoned out after a while. But that's... But but that's I wouldn't say that that's to do with I'd say that was an element of I was punishing myself with listening to them all in one go. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that there wasn't a part where I kind of re-engaged. I I came back into it after a while. And I think it does have something to do with the content of the music because there is a a genuine shift in terms of their stylistic output yeah and that did kind of reinvigorate it for me i can i can totally get on board with what you're saying i do agree yeah. what the reason why i like i'll it, get called a normie but there you go i don't know like what by not including it well we'll see how normie you are no, just, <laughs> uh, see but, how much of a poser you yeah are. these are I, the reason why i like total death is that it's their most collaborative record yeah the fact that it's got, you know, lyrics from Garm, from Ulva and Emperors, um, Isan and uh, Carl Michael, um, Eid and uh, Satir from Satiricon as well. Um, the track listing itself is really quite measured. Mm. And I think their involvement is really distinctive in comparison to a lot of other dark metal records. Yeah. Uh, and that, for me, is what makes it stand out in a little bit of a... Um, did you mean to say Dark Throne? Yeah, what did I say? You said Dark Metal. <laughs> did I? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Anchorman thing, if you've just written it down, you're just going <laughs> to yeah, say it. Yeah. I'm going to get a hold of your notes. Oh, there are Make some any. amendments. There are. I'm going to show you a black, <laughs> blank screen. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's their most um, collaborative record, and I think that's what makes it stand out, especially within um, a wash of loads of other releases around the same time, especially such strong releases. Mm. Yes, it is weaker in comparison to things that preempted it, but it is still a, a pretty intriguing record for me. Uh, like Black Winged and uh, Gather for Stack on the Pearly Grades is uh, amazing. What's your number eight? So number eight is uh, Fuck Off and Die. Amazing. Amazing record. Yeah. That's quite, it's still quite high. Still quite high? What, still quite you low, were, sorry. Still quite low. Uh, I don't know. We're up to seven in terms of I've, yeah. We're, yeah, we're up to seven. So, I mean, there's no way that their unholy trinity is not going to be in our top 10. We're up to eight. Sorry, we're up to eight. <laughs> we're up to eight now. Let's go, man. So it? we can already give away free spots okay. to the Unholy Trinity. I assume that the Unholy Trinity, all three of them feature in your top 10. Uh, yep. 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 I think that's that's good enough to say. Uh, so my number eight. By the way, for some reason I said gather for stack. Uh on the pearly gates saying it's like a great song for total it's that it's gather for attack okay (laughs) gather for fat stacks (laughs) um so my number eight is old star oh really so it made its way in there it did make its way in there uh interestingly i haven't had enough time with this record to put it any higher Mm. but it is evidently a very strong record. A very well-written record. It's very well-written. Um, the fact that Fenris said it's the most 80s-sounding record from a band that released material in the 80s is quite interesting. <laughs> He's got... Because the one thing, and the one thing that you always hear him rant about, apart from when he's doing his have you seen him with his chalkboard doing his lectures? Yeah. About yeah, yeah. I fucking love that. Uh, he always talks about the drum sound on records and how much he hates overproduction of records, which I agree with. I do, whilst I don't like a fucking muddy kick drum and like fluffy snare drum, I do hate that tic-tac on a tabletop kick drum, which just sounds unappealing and doesn't even sound like a kick drum in real life. This is probably their most, actually, no, it is their best produced record of course yeah production um and but that's not to say that they've um it's not so fucking sold out or anything yeah 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 but yeah and they got some they got one hell of a phil collins snare drum yeah going on that like gated reverb (laughs) snare which i absolutely love 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 yeah because there's there's barely any blasting which that kind of snare drum sound would not work for that because it would just be yeah. messy. Whereas this, it's a bit more, bit more groovy. So it it allows yeah. for those. It's a bit more riffy. Of, yeah. Um, I think the singles that they've chosen to release are mm-hmm. potentially the best tracks on the record as a whole. Yeah. Uh, so Duke of Glow and Hardship of the Scots, I think, generally are the standouts in a record. Otherwise, that is. A background record. Yeah. Uh, and I think a few people, I don't think that's 
wrong or contentious to say. I think a lot of people have said that this is a record that doesn't grab a hold of you mm. and hold you in the vice grip until it's finished. People have I, said it's I disagree. The, I think it is a very engaging record. I didn't I found myself listening to it. Yeah. Getting to the end of the record and thinking, oh, it's over. Yeah. Um more so than more so than Arctic Thunder. Obviously, because it's higher up on my list. Yeah, but. I mean I, I get that. I do I do it is I don't know, it's it's more of an accessible record than Arctic Fun Thunder. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> look down your nose at me. Yeah. I wish I had glasses so I could just like pull, push them back up on my nose. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's old star. I mean, I really do. I do like the record. I think I do need to spend a bit more time with it. As soon as someone comes out, it's like 10 out of 10. It's a classic. And just yeah. like give it fucking time to like absorb it, sponge it mm. in first. And then out of all the records that I've, and it's not just because it's the most recent one to come out, but out of all the records that I've listened to, it's probably the one that I'm most excited to listen to again, just in terms of some of the melodic textures that they're doing. There's quite a lot of melancholy to this record in terms of its melodies, which I always consider Dark Throne to almost be the anthrax of the second wave black metal scene, as in they're the party band. They're the band yeah. that just want to have a good time, especially towards their kind of crust punk era moving into their new wave of British heavy metal kind of sound. Yeah. Um, whereas this one has that has that kind of mournful melodic sound, which I they did briefly touch on it during the Unholy Trinity, but it's they've they've approached it with a different yeah kind of sonic texture yeah uh so numbers we're up to number seven, seven now number seven finally old star oh okay yeah yeah right right there you go that's that one done uh number seven ravishing grimness okay yeah uh i think fenry's works quite well as a lyrical lead just mm -hmm. to like i know we've already spoken about ravishing grimness a little bit but yeah. um and nocturno as the songwriter i think it was one of the first times that they actually did that for this record they swapped roles yeah um there was a um there was a point where i know that it was just i think panzerfaust is just fenris with nocturno, nocturno yeah. coming in to do vocals afterwards yeah. um however that kind of i know that i read a, a an interview with fenris where he's saying that towards the end of the like midway towards like midway 90s to about 2002 he was dealing with quite severe depression so he kind of had to step back and kind of let nocturno take yeah. reins during that period and maybe that's evident in this record as well with with that knowledge yeah. of fenris's yeah because that would have been right in the heart of it in 1999 yeah. it's quite an evolutionary record though i mm. think i mean them evolving like dark throne moving out of that whole black metal triptych unholy trinity era uh, it's got standout production versus something like Total Death as well. Yeah. I'd say. And The Beast, which is the only track that Fenris wrote on that album, I believe, is um, kind of almost signals towards their evolution into the cross-punk sound because it is a lot yeah, a lot more kind of de-beated, bit kind of motor-heady kind of sound going on for sure yeah yeah number six number six 
Number six, Soulside Journey. Wow. That is very, what would you say, high or low? I'd say that's appropriate for, for your list. <laughs> I'd say that's appropriate for my list because it depends on what your what context you're kind of qualifying yeah. these albums against. Is it to do with where they've ended up as a band or are you just taking it as an individual work? Yeah. Kind of thing. You Musically, it is better than a yeah. lot of the records that we've already spoken about and even the records that we haven't spoken out about that are better than yeah. it in terms of I'd cultural say, creative input. Yeah, I'd say as as a piece in in relation to their other works, it is a more competent record. Yeah. That's not necessarily to say that it's more inventive because we've already yeah. decided it's that it's not it innovative is. at all. They they were yeah. kind of more of like that trend. They they are innovators, Dark Throne. They mm. are one of the founders of black metal. Mm. Uh or the second don't at us we don't want to hear your they are no but they are initiators for what will what manifests as black metal as we know it yeah but during the soul side journey era they were following trends Mm. and i think that for me is why i've like paired back a little bit with that on my list and had it so high up yeah because they weren't, they weren't doing it for them. They were doing it for themselves, but they were desperate just to get an album released on a label. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, mine, number six, aren't we? Transylvanian Hunger. That's low. Yeah. yeah. That's real low. It started off higher. Yeah. And then the more I was filtering it, it just kept on getting lower and lower and lower. That's, that's low. Yeah. It, so it's the first... I'm, re- I'm almost offended yeah good now you can at me <laughs> um so the first record following the departure of uh zephyrus um nocturno took vocal duties fenris controlled the instrumentation um it was recorded on a four track which i think aids very well to the production standards um i do really love this record i think four tracks were also recorded by um our best mate Thulian perspective varg um do you know what it originally said on the back? Norwegian Aryan Black Metal. Yeah. <laughs> Which was then removed only when they were told to do it. I like I don't think they are I don't <sighs> think they are genuine horrific people. Do you remember do you remember the statement that came out with it as well? No. I've got it here. I think who might want to rethink what you just said. Uh, we'd okay. like to state that Transylvanian hunger stands beyond any criticism. If any man should attempt to criticise this LP, uh, he should be thoroughly patronised for his obviously Jewish behaviour. Okay, my statement's redacted. <laughs> um, and that was a press release. But then they have this, they've had a, they've made a huge uh, public apology. Yeah, like years later, following that, they said that they were young, childish, idiotic immature um and they've had to say dark throne is certainly not a nazi band or nor a political band <laughs> that's what nazi war criminals say yeah, yeah uh those of you who still might think so you can lick mother mary's asshole in <laughs> so uh they they deeply regret it basically um he said Something I think Fenris uh, disowned past statements describing them as disgusting. Um, he then who disgusting Fenris? 
He said he disowned his statements. He said they were disgusting. He admitted oh, right, regret, right. noted at the time that he was going through a phase of being angry at several races. <laughs> and then, and then so it has that back mar- um, backmask message at the end. So it's um, nice to know that he's equal opportunity. Yeah. So. so I think Varg contributes to the last track on the record. Um, I didn't realise how much he did contribute to the early days of Dark yeah, Throne yeah. as he did. Like yeah. I, because they're not they're not from the same village or town. Where are Dark Throne are from? Um, I thought they were from Oslo. No, no, they're from Kolbotten. Oh yeah, yeah. Kolbotten yeah. in Norway, which only has a population of like eight thousand yeah. people. So about to you once small, again. Yeah, about to you once again. <laughs> but do you, uh, at the end, uh, there's that uh, message uh, at the end of um, a hill deep in the forest that says, uh, "In the name of God, burn the churches." Mm. If you play it backwards, uh, so that, na- thanks sorry, very much that? for that, Varg. Yeah, in the name of who? In the name of God, burn the churches. Which God? Oh, for God's sake! He's got to be more no specific. No God. No God. He doesn't know. He doesn't. No, I don't think any of them knew what they were doing because they're all a bunch of stupid kids. Yeah. But the question is, Tom, how do you like your? Uh... My God. <laughs> kind of. How do you like your uh, frosted flakes in the morning? Do you like them crispy or do you like them soft? Uh, crispy. Crispy. Yeah. 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 You can't fuck about. You put the milk in. Yeah. Or the, the plant milk, and then you eat them as quick as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Cool. Five. We needed to have that discussion because they seem quite <laughs> intent in discussing it on uh, until the light takes us. So I think it just needed to be. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I agree. Uh, five? Five. Uh, five. Dark Thrones and Black Flags. Yeah, I don't know this record very well. This is the record that I was actually introduced to okay. Dark Throne with. Um, I'm not going to claim to be one of those people who was fucking listening to Transylvanian Hunger in 1994. I got into them, it would have been the same year that that came out, so that would have been 2008 was when I first started kind of really getting into mm-hmm. it. I mean, I've, ha- I've listened to extreme metal way before then, but that was my first introduction to Dark Throne in a meaningful way in which I it wasn't just okay. a track that appeared on someone else's compilation. And it's probably one that I have a genuine fondness for because I remember listening to it quite religiously with my friend Jack and Joe at the time. And I guess it's a weird record to be introduced to because it's not what you, not what one would kind of define as dark throne if you were to, to show it to, to a normie. Mm. Um, it is, it is, well, I mean, fuck off and die is definitely where the turning point kind of happened. There's a little bit in The Cult is Alive, but Fuck Off and Die was kind of the turning point of them going into this kind of cross-punk, heavy metal phase. Yeah. Uh, and then Dark Thrones, Black Flags carried that on. And I think they were slightly more... Um, they're slightly more consistent with their sound and, and what they wanted to do with it. In fact, the first track on the record... Because I hate the phrase blackened crust. Like, I can't stand the phrase blackened crust. And every band that I've listened to that described themselves as blackened frost 
Black and Black Frost. And thrust. Black wow. and Frost. Uh, that's a sex position. What's yeah. that? I don't want to. Return I don't want to say. I'll tell you later. <laughs> uh, I'll show you later. Any any band that is described as black and crossed are fucking garbage. You know all those coders. Yeah, they're just now like, what black and crossed. And crossed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the the first riff on that album is probably one of the best quote unquote black and crossed riffs I've ever heard, and also has some of the best vocals chorus vocals on the first track okay. but i do yeah i do have a genuine fondness for that album i respect that but i don't respect your comments about my uh my number five which is fuck off and die okay yeah so the reason why i don't agree is because you said that by the time they reached your number five yeah, dark they'd, and, yeah. they'd already established they'd started to establish more of a grounding within that black and mm. crust sound yeah whereas i think fuck off and die out of if we if we put there's another Clark trilogy Rackers, in this, yeah isn't and if you put cult is alive in there as well i'd say they're um i think fuck off and die which is the sequel to cult is alive is the best album out of out i'd of say their cross trilogy is probably fuck off and die dark thrones and black flags and circle the wagons yeah circle the wagons as well actually mm. yeah I think Cult was alive. They were a starting tetralogy, to, if yeah, you will. There we go. Um, but this one is like total Celtic Frost appropriation. Mm. Um, but it's very addictive. This yeah. record. I think it's probably. Am I? Would I be wrong in thinking that it's their most fun record? I'd say Dark Friends and Black Flags is more fun. Than okay. Fuck off and die. But they really do embrace the crust on this record. And yeah. Like you know, it's got the nods to metal as a movement. So not just about black metal anymore. It's like metal as that umbrella term. So from Pentagram to ACDC to Crass, which aren't a metal act, but mm. the fact that they, this is where we really do see uh, Dark Throne and especially I think Fenris's um, love, adoration for the genre as a whole uh, really comes out. So that's my number five. Cool. Uh, number four, Under a Funeral Moon. We have our first match. Oh, really? Yeah, under a funeral moon. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's part of that part of that uh, unholy trinity. Yeah, I probably people say it's their best out of that. It's iconic. I, I would, yeah, I would, I would say it is my least least fa- well, obviously my least favorite. If we both know that yeah. the holy trinity is in both of our um, both of our top tens, I kept on switching between two of them. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think I'm happy with my placement of Under a Funeral Moon. It, this was the last record with uh, Zephyrus. Yeah. Um, and that might have something to do with the fact that this is their first record that's kind of considered fully black metal. I think it's more original and uh, innovative than Transylvanian Hunger, though. Okay. That's why it kind of jumped mm. up slightly higher yeah. for me. Um, it's probably potentially well it's one of their most morbid records as well um i don't think there's that much to say about it really like it's just it's not like it's everyone knows it's a good record but it's nothing that i would i'd say that they they did what they were doing previously but they've just removed some of those death metal traits that were on yeah 
on um, which which was the record that predated this. It was Blazing Northern Sky. So Blazing Northern Sky kind of had a lot of the hangover from yeah. Soulside Journey, just in terms of the solos and the guitar work around yeah. it. Right, number three. Number three, Panzerfaust. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. This was one that I. Because when we were, when we suggested this, I was like, "This is great." Because then I can tell everyone that I've listened to absolutely every Dark Throne record, and when, yeah. Because before this, I hadn't listened to them all. Because we've got a pretty eclectic taste in music. If we were to listen to every single band's discography, we'd never get anywhere. Torture, torture. Yeah. Um, so this was this was interesting because this was a record that I wasn't particularly familiar with, and it is. A bit of an anomaly because we mentioned before that this is kind of Fenris by himself kind of crafting these yeah. songs with Nocturno coming in. And it's also a record that was also recorded by Fenris in his bedroom, which he kind of christened uh, Necro Hell Studios. Yeah. And it is an interesting record because it is, it's greater than the sum of its parts in terms of its production because the production is awful it's really bad so terrible to the point when when people kind of say what are the traits of black metal what gives it that kind of chilly frost sound obviously there's there's a a limit in terms of the frequencies so there's not many bass frequencies however one of the other things is this reverb which creates this space and kind of kind of alludes to these landscapes that you would see in Scandinavia and whatnot. However, there's no reverb on the vocals for this record. It is in your ear. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I've, I thought it was really good. There's some, it's like no compression. It's just like, (laughs) yeah. And it's, it's when they first start to kind of introducing those more stompy riff elements that you would kind of hear in like a Celtic frost record. Uh, and it really kind of the songwriting is incredible. Yeah, I think on this it's, record it is. It was the it was the one record having had no expectations of it, knowing going into it, knowing that I was going to include the Unholy Trinity somewhere high up the list. It was one that made me go, "Ooh!" When I actually, first, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, and I, I I really dig it, and it is. I'd say this and Old Star are probably the two records that I'm going to go back to and yeah. listen to, apart from my number one. Um, so, uh, and this was the first record for Dark Throne to be released on Moonfog. Moonfog, yeah, yeah, which is um, Departure from Peaceville. Yeah, which is their kind of their home, home label. Yeah, they went, they were there, then they fucked off. Yeah, and now they're back again. So my number three, I'm not going to say much about my number three. I've got mm. one thing to say about it, and then we can move on. Okay. And I don't want to hear anything <laughs> from from anyone in this room other than myself. Okay. okay. Number three, Arctic Thunder. Why is this album so underrated? It's far more superior than Underground Resistance. That's all. I, that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's what I don't want to talk about. It. And that cowbell. <laughs> I don't. I talk couldn't about believe it. my ears when I heard it. I don't want to talk about it. No? It's so underrated. Okay. And it's so much better than Underground Resistance. Okay. Number two. Number two, The Blaze in the Northern Sky. Number two, Blaze in the Northern Sky. 
Very nice. Yeah. The first so, of the unholy trinity. Yeah. And it, as I mentioned before, it, is, it does have a kind of holdover from that soul side journey. So they'd obviously had a monumental shift in terms, yeah. of their, in terms of their sound. But a lot of the solos, it's almost like a pop-up book where the perspective is so different yeah. that it just sticks out that you have these weird death metal solos over the top of this kind of really grating black metal it's death metal as black metal yeah which is is it down to the yeah it's like the songwriting the songwriting almost comes head on head with the production quality like they they used a bunch of black metal setup amp pedals whatnot but it it's to a greater or lesser extent, a death metal. Record. It is, but I think they finished Soulside Journey. I think they were quite unsatisfied yeah. with where they were going. Mm. So they said, look, we've got to review this and we've got to recreate our sound. Mm. Um, but all they had really to go by is their previous material and mm. to try and like rework that. That on top of the sort of influx of attention with mayhem yeah, and... Uh, Euronymous's sort of like guidance, let's say. Mm. Um, you, this is where Dark Throne as an institution begins as the sort of propelling trajectory, and then mm. they sort of bounce off of there. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's an incredible record. It's the last record with um, Dab Nielsen as well. Yeah. So uh, they had four members at this yeah. point. It's one of their most creative. Yeah. records as well i think they had no other option but to be like throw it all in there like all of their like past mm-hmm. uh sort of songwriting capabilities they come through into fruition here and how do you pronounce the guitarist's name Zeph- zephyrus zephyrus yeah so it's him who's on the cover of the record yeah uh and the album cover design was done by no other than mr dave pibus who is who was the bassist for Cradle of Filth because mm. he worked as a graphic designer for Peaceville at the time, and I have actually been around Dave Pipers's house because he lives he? in um, he lives in Ipswich. Yeah, but um, you, we don't want to talk about what happened in the house, right? Well, I have a funny story about that actually. Um, so there, so I, I'd met him a couple of times because he was he was a friend of a friend. And apparently he's very nice. I have spoken to him a few times. Uh, he, I did get supremely drunk one evening and they started playing Saturday Night by The Misfits and 18-year-old me proceeded to pole dance in the nightclub in Ipswich whilst Dave Pibus was watching me. Um, did you try and kiss him afterwards? No. But then I, then I got invited around his house and he made... He made some passing comment that he wanted to leave Cradle of Filth. And I said, I'll fucking do it. I'll play bass for them. And he turned around to me with begging eyes, being like, really? And I was like, no, I don't want to fucking be in Cradle of Filth. (laughs) Uh, A couple of days later, his house was broken into and a few of his bases were stolen. And my friend of a friend, uh, sorry, my friend who is his friend, got in contact with me and said, can you tell me where you were at these times? Because his house has just been broken into and this was just after we took you round. So for a while I was suspected of um, stealing Fuck. Dave Pibus's... Pibus's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow, so there man. you go. There's, there's my little connection. Tentative connection Shit. with Dark Throne. Yeah. And now you you regret turning down being bassist in Crater Phil t- to this My day. life could have been completely different. Yeah, no one would have, have had this podcast. Yeah, that's the last thing that would have come out. <laughs> uh, let's move on to your number one. My number one, which has already appeared in your top ten, is Transylvanian Hunger. Okay. You're not impressed, you're... No. No? No. Out of the out of the three, out of the Unholy Trinity, this is by far my favourite record. And I would probably say... I don't know whether I would... This is the thing, is I don't even know whether I would say it is their best record. Yeah. But in terms of... Because now, now I'm using And now is it your favourite? Now I'm using different criteria to what I just said for Soulside Journey. Because I'm not choosing this as a singular piece of work i'm choosing this in the grander context of the band so i've so my whole fucking top 10 is fucked and i need That's to rethink this, this podcast thing. is just pointless yeah but yeah transylvanian hunger i really really dig it and we we've already spoken about yeah, this we've but already spoken yeah about it. and we're on a um yeah we're on a deadline we're here. on a deadline um my number one okay panzerfaust Ooh, it's a okay, good one yeah. right yeah, yeah, it is. It was the um, it was the uh, dark horse in the race. Wasn't yeah, it? So. and interestingly for me, like it's first post Peaceville, inspired by early Burtsum. Mm. So I, you'd think I'd just be fucking disgra- disgraced by it. Yeah, but it's just it's so euphoric, but it's so necro, it's so pessimistic, but then it's some there's something weirdly optimistic about the whole thing, like. It's not long, which no. is another thing. Um, yeah, some of these are, some of these albums are mercifully short. Yeah. Like when I went onto my um, when I went onto my music app and took a look down and saw the minutes, when it was like thirty two minutes, I was like, "That's fine. Yeah, I yeah. can get through this." Thank God. Yeah. Uh, but like the halls of Nebula, um, beholding the throne of might, just quintessence. I mean, there's so many good songs. Yeah. on that record mm. uh, and I think Fenris did an absolutely stellar job yeah just overall with mm. everything everything he did with that record was just right and that to me as I'd it stands now most... it really does embody Dark Throne yeah I'd say it's the most kind of like singular vision album even though you had albums that were written just by Nocturna yeah. apart from like maybe one or two yeah. tracks it's one that feels most like an individual kind of sat down and kind of brainstormed these ideas and it didn't really get past their bedroom door kind of thing. Like yeah. it's very And I love that. Insular. It's so like, lo-fi. Just everything about yeah. it is fantastic. So my, basically, uh, just to, uh, as a rundown, uh, my number 10, Soulside Journey, number nine, Total Death, number eight, Old Star, number seven, Ravishing Grimness, number six, Transylvanian Hunger, Number five, Fuck Off and Die. Number four, Under a Funeral Moon. Number three, Arctic Thunder. Why is it so underrated? <laughs> uh, number two, Blazing the Northern Sky. And my number one, Panzerfaust. Okay, mine is uh, 10, Ravishing Grimness. Nine, Arctic Thunder. Eight, Fuck Off and Die. Seven, Old Star. Six, Soulside Journey. Five, Dark Thrones and Black Flags. Four, Under a Funeral Moon. Three, Panzerfaust. Two, a blaze in the northern sky, and one, Transylvanian hunger. And I wonder how long we'll have that list fixed like that. Yeah. 
not very long. No, no, until the next album comes out <laughs> and we have to do this all again. Exactly. Uh, so, are there any kind of honourable mentions that you want to? The Frostland Tapes, I think, is an amazing compilation. Yeah. Anything from the albums, though? No. No. <laughs> I have one, which is, I think, the one point in which I completely switched off and was just like, I can't. This was the pro- the slump that I was talking about. So around... Um, so around from 2000 to around 2007 they kind of almost became, it felt a bit tired, whereas mm. they were kind of retreading old ground and they weren't particularly doing anything that was particularly inventive until they introduced those cross-punk kind of sounds, is Plague Wielder. Mm. I didn't oh, even yeah. know this album existed. The artwork, the cover art is fucking awful. Yeah, it's It terrible. looks ugly as hell. However, the one... The one saving grace, the one song on it that made my ears prick up was the last track on the record called Wreck, which is this weird, it's like nine minutes long and it's very epic in its scope. And it almost feels kind of prototype to bands like kind of Ajora and Wolves in the Phone Room with that kind of that kind of melodic y mm. sound where it's not. It's not melodic where everything's in a minor scale. It almost moves into those more major scale kind yeah. of things. But that was that was one song that I would definitely go back in that period. And, and yeah. Okay, that's, that's fair. That's good. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's our roundup of Dark Phone. Thank fuck we won't have to listen to them for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I, might listen to, I might listen to one of their songs. So, right now, yeah. As soon as, as, soon as you get out the door, as soon as I kick as soon you as the fuck we, out, as soon as you turn it on, that's my uh, my exit yeah. uh, song. But it's it's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. Well, hopefully, we'll be a little bit more prolific again. Uh, yeah. with this, we're gonna try and ease up. We're gonna make a content. We're gonna make a decision as to how often we do episodes because we we're both busy individuals. Yeah. And also, um, we are, like, as we, per usual, we're the only people that listen to it. So. <laughs> well, I have been looking at our stats and we have been getting a, a fair few more listens than I was expecting. We would really like people to like, subscribe to yeah. our leave uh, review, socials. Leave a five-star we, review. We'd love it if you could leave a five-star review. It helps us. Where do we fall in your top ten of podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... If you'd like to subscribe, you can subscribe to us, uh, listen to the podcast on iTunes, which is X and Ferris, a heavy metal podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, uh, X and Ferris, a heavy metal podcast. Uh, we'd love it if you would comment uh, on the SoundCloud as well. Um, so we'd like to get some sort of like debate uh, going with you guys about anything to do with metal or anything match. at all. Yes, please. Uh, imagine, imagine it like a small local community thread on Facebook. <laughs> um, where else can you find us? You can find us on Instagram, X and Ferris, a heavy metal podcast. I still haven't gotten us back into Twitter yet. Yeah, we really need to get on that. We yeah. really need to get on that. We it's will have Twitter soon. Uh, Facebook, uh, X and Ferris, a heavy metal podcast. Uh, you can... Get in contact with us on Gmail. Uh, our email is uh, xinferrispodcast at gmail.com. Uh, any other, anything else to add? Not really. No. We never do. We never no. have anything else to add. Yeah, we've got, to, um, we've got to come up with some more 
ideas for shows. I have no idea what we're doing for the next one. I do. Really? Have we discussed it? Yeah, but you'll have to wait and see. Oh, okay. You can tell me off there. Finally, just uh, to close off here, um, Arctic Thunder. Why is it so fucking underrated? (laughs) 